First episode of the Mary Mac Show, where we will be talking about your feelings, experiences, and pain following the death of a loved one. Good afternoon, good evening. Wherever you find yourself in this world and whatever time it may be where you are, I welcome you. If you're joining us today, chances are that you've survived someone special in your life and are looking for comfort. I'm hoping to not only help comfort you, but educate you, to uplift you, to show you how to be good to yourself and how to grow to teach you all I know about building a new life after a loved one's death, even when you feel like you don't really want one. Allow me to extend to you my deepest sympathy, my new friend. Experiencing a loved one's death is never easy, because the relationship you shared was unique. It was not the same with any other person. And for that reason, the emotions and pain you now feel can be overwhelming. One moment you feel stable, the next inconsolable. These varied emotions are something you may never have experienced before, and these feelings of being somewhat out of control can be quite scary. Depending on how you learned of your loved one's death, the way they died, and if you were able to say goodbye, all have an impact on how you grieve. Additionally, there is no right way to grieve. Most of us do not know how we will cope until we are confronted with grief for the first time. There are many things you cannot change, but some things you can, and educating yourself to what may lie ahead will definitely alleviate some unnecessary pain. While a map gives you directions, it will not be able to steer you clear of every roadblock along the way. Sometimes a flat tire will stall your progress, sometimes an unexpected detour in the road for construction. You learn to deal with these challenges when you are confronted with them the best way you know how. And so it is with grief. You will not be able to anticipate your reaction to events down the road, but you will deal with it, not feel guilty for your reaction, and keep moving forward. Why? Because you have little choice. You survived your loved one. And as much as you may feel how unfair that is, it's the way it is. 
this experience may have come to you suddenly or over the course of many years in the case of when someone is ill. They may have been a close relative to you, like your parent, spouse, or child. Or they may have a different label, but your love for them was no less significant. They may have died way too young. Perhaps you didn't even get to know them in the case of a miscarriage or a stillbirth. Perhaps you were just starting your life and your fiancé died or was killed. Maybe you spent 50 years together and looked forward to a great retirement that never happened and you feel cheated of the life you planned. Or when a spouse is suddenly killed, leaving you with little kids to raise alone. There is a saying that the only thing guaranteed in life is death and taxes. Well, unless you are the rare individual who gets to old age and dies, not having anyone in their life die before them, chances are you will experience the death of someone you love deeply. And the reason you grieve so deeply is exactly because you love them so deeply. Those with whom we are acquaintances don't affect us. We might go to their funeral out of respect for their loved one, but their death doesn't have a profound effect on us. But when it's our family, dear friends, neighbors, classmates, teammates, business colleagues, and partners, we feel it. And sometimes after the funeral, when everyone else has gone home, we're often left by ourselves to deal with all our pain alone. We lay on the bed looking at the ceiling. We sit in the living room and stare at the walls and move into a deep sadness which doesn't serve us. But you're not sure what to do. Sometimes you think drugs and alcohol will drown out or mask the pain. And for a little while, they do. But when it all wears off, the pain and loss is still there. And we wonder what it will take to get rid of this horrible feeling. Well, the answer is that drugs and alcohol never work. They only make things worse for you and anyone near you. When you use them, you add one major sorrow with another, an addiction. So don't add to your grief, please. There are wonderful natural products that can help you, and we'll be discussing them. So you might be asking yourself, so who is this woman anyway? Well... My name's Mary McCambridge. I grew up on Long Island and in New York in the city. I went to school in Pennsylvania for my undergraduate degree, and I came back to the city to do my MBA. I've spent the last 35 years helping the bereaved, those individuals who are grieving the death of a loved one. I help them understand the grieving hearts and give them the permission to grieve that they need. While in high school, I experienced the death of a classmate and another wonderful friend, both to drunk drivers. In college, two other friends died of inoperable cancers. In graduate school, during my exams one semester, my grandfather died. He taught me everything I know about baseball. <laughs> but when I was engaged and preparing for my wedding, just two weeks after I had sent out my wedding invitations, my former husband's 11-year-old daughter was found murdered. Her death would change everything for us, from whether we should be even getting married just a few months from then, to how to deal with homicide detectives, to how to function each day, to how to help his surviving young sons. 
that one moment in time took 18 long years to solve the crime and another two years to go to trial, two weeks to choose a jury, and another full month to hear the case, a full calendar month. When all was done, he was tried as an adult, yet sentenced as a juvenile, and even though he was found guilty, he was sentenced to only nine years to life. To say her murder ruined our relationship and marriage is an understatement, and maybe someday I'll share more about that with you. But from the moment she was murdered till the day that he was convicted, it was 3,164 days. I remember that specifically. Can you imagine what you can do with over 3,000 days of your life if it hadn't been affected by just one man? Just one man. Sometimes I can't get my head wrapped around that. Along this journey, in an effort to help other families who came after us, we started the first chapter of Parents of Murdered Children in New York City. I created the award-winning National Directory of Bereavement Support Groups and Services so other people could find each other and find help in their grief journey. I created the Foundation for Grieving Children, a national nonprofit the first of its kind, to raise funds and awareness for childhood bereavement. I wrote several books and audio programs in this field, especially my signature book, Understanding Your Grieving Heart After a Loved One's Death, and also How to Help a Grieving Child After a Loved One's Death. I've appeared in numerous print, TV, and radio media. I've done coaching and consulting, and I've spoken at various workshops and conferences all in this field. But for now, my goal is to help you better understand what you're going through, because if I say things that resonate with you, you just get to listen and nod your head. And those confirming nods will help you. You get to acknowledge all the feelings and questions that are swimming around your head, and often you wonder if you're the only one who's thinking those things, and I'm here to tell you, you aren't. Not that you're not special, (laughs) but most people have these same thoughts. They just don't tell them to each other. So I thought I'd share with you some of the statements and questions that I've heard over the many years I've been working with the bereaved and see if any of them ever came from your mouth, your mind, or your emotions. So here we go. This is the hardest thing I've had to endure in my life. I never expected to feel so lonely. I wear this mask all day and cry all night. I wish he or she hadn't left me so soon. I was expecting a long, healthy relationship. Why did this all happen? I've never felt so overwhelmed. I don't know how I'm going to make it through this. I wish I could just turn the clock back. Why wasn't I there for them more than I was? Why did I work so many hours when they were alive and not appreciate them? I didn't realize they had such little time left. 
Why didn't I see they were in such emotional pain? Could I have done anything differently? I feel cheated out of their presence. I feel so lost. Will I ever feel happy again? Will I ever meet someone again? Or is that just too selfish to think about? How do I deal with everyone's grief in my family, let alone my own? Why does everyone treat me like a leper? Why do people say the stupidest things to me? Don't they understand what I'm going through? Why don't they come to visit anymore when I need them the most? How long do I have to endure this confusion and pain? All I think about is what I'm missing without them. I'm so concerned how my children are reacting to this. I'm always afraid I will lose my job because I can't hide my emotions. It seems all I do is sleep. It seems all I want to do is go to bed, pull the covers over my head and hide. I don't have the strength to do the fun things I used to do with my friends. I wish I could just escape to some faraway place and never return. I feel like I'm stuck in a situation that has nothing to do with me. I feel like I have lost control over my life. I never feel happy anymore. I wish the world would just stop so I could get off. Those are just some of the things that go through our minds when we're grieving a loved one's death. Did you find yourself nodding your head? Did you come up with some others? If you'd like to share those, you're welcome to go to my website, marymac.info, click on the podcast tab at the top, go to episode number one, and share in the comments so others can learn from your experience. It will be helpful to everyone. And thanks for taking the time to do that. So what do I plan for this show? The most important thing for me is for this to be interactive. I'd like you to participate. I'm going to give you many different ways to be engaged and to uplift you and to try to help you with education, but with videos that I find or music that I find. I want you to be happier. Dealing with the death of a loved one isolates us too much. And I'm going to do everything I know how to help you with that. Now, for future episodes, I'd like to answer your questions. Maybe a question or two, depending on what the topic is that I'm speaking on that week. I thought that perhaps a good frequency and length would be each week for 20 minutes. I have to tell you, I struggled with what day to post new episodes. And I thought Friday might be good because you have more personal time on the weekends. But I know from experience that Sunday can be a bereaved person's loneliest day. So I'm going to try Sundays. And we'll see how that goes. And maybe we'll change it. Your task this week is to purchase a journal that you really love and a pen that flows on its pages. Smooth paper so you can really enjoy writing. You will create a gratitude journal. 
Now, I know many people use their phones for everything, and my preference is to get you away from technology and just be. We are so busy. We use our phones for almost everything. We answer people immediately. And for this stage of your life, I am highly recommending that you use paper. If you must use your phone, then you must. But I'm asking you to take some time at the end of every day and write five things that you are grateful for. And tomorrow, I'd like you to write five other things, not the same, five new things that you are grateful for. And why am I asking you to do this? Because studies have shown that people who use a gratitude journal and write in it every day are 25% happier than those who do not. And I want you to be happier. You deserve to be happier. You might not feel like you are, but once you start doing this exercise on a daily basis, your whole system will start to realize that you are allowed to be happier. And I want that for you. You need that. You need to feel like things are shifting, that you're looking a little bit more on the brighter side every day. And that's what I want for you. So go find something that really makes you happy. When you look at it, it just brings you joy. Your face lights up. You look at that photo or that picture on the front of the journal and you think, wow, that's so pretty or that's so nice or that's so uplifting. So search for one that's really special to you. So now we're going to do something fun. I want you to stand up wherever you are. If you're in your car, You can move your shoulders and your hips, but I want you to dance with me. Each week we'll get our bodies moving again because being sedentary, not moving around a lot, isolating ourselves does not help us. So we need to have a little fun. So here is a great bit of dance music to help us this week. for joining me today. Remember to write in your journal every night five things that you are grateful for. Remember to feel happy because you deserve to. I'll speak to you again soon.